Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, and I'm reading today from a sermon that was once preached by Charles Spurgeon. This message is from a collection of Spurgeon messages created by Perry Boardman, known as Spurgeon's Gems. Today's message is from Volume 1. It's number 39, and it's actually 39 and 40. It's a two-part message talking first about heaven and then about hell. We did the heaven message earlier. Now we have to go to that other part. And as he says, the second part of my text is heartbreaking. I could preach with great delight to myself from the first part, but here is a dreary task to my soul because there are gloomy words here. But as I have told you, what is written in the Bible must be preached, whether it be gloomy or cheerful. There are some ministers who never mention anything about hell. I heard of a minister who once said to his congregation, If you do not love the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be sent to that place which it is not polite to mention. He ought not to have been allowed to preach again, I am sure, if he could not use plain words. Now, if I saw that house on fire over there, do you think I would stand and say, I believe the operation of combustion is proceeding yonder? No, no, I would call out, fire, fire, and then everybody would know what I meant. And so, if the Bible says, the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, am I to stand here and mince the matter at all? God forbid. We must speak the truth as it is written. It is a terrible truth, for it says, The children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Now, who are those children? I'll tell you. The children of the kingdom are those people who are noted for the externals of piety, but who have nothing of the internals of it. People whom you will see with their Bibles and hymn books marching off to chapel as religiously as possible or going to church as devoutly and demurely as they can, looking as somber and serious as parish beetles and fancying that they are quite sure to be saved, though their heart is not in the matter. Nothing but their bodies. These are the persons who are the children of the kingdom. They have no grace, no life, no Christ, and they shall be cast into outer darkness. And I have to add a word here to Mr. Spurgeon's preaching. I do believe that Jesus was talking to the Jews at that time, the children of Israel, who were physically related to Abraham, but who would not accept him, the children of the kingdom, the Jewish people. I believe that was in context what he was talking about. But I believe also that what Mr. Spurgeon is saying has validity also. Again, these people are the children of pious fathers and mothers. There is nothing that touches a man's heart, mark you, like talking about his mother. I have heard of a swearing sailor whom nobody could manage, not even the police, who was always making some disturbance wherever he went. Once he went into a place of worship, and no one could keep him still. But a gentleman went up and said to him, Jack, you had a mother once. And with that, the tears ran down his cheeks. He said, Ah, bless you, sir, I had. And I brought her gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. And a pretty fellow I am here uh, tonight. Uh, He then sat down quite sobered and subdued by the very mention of his mother. Ah, and there, there are some of you children of the kingdom who can remember your mothers. 
Your mother took you on her knee and taught you early to pray. Your father tutored you in the ways of godliness, and yet you are here tonight without grace in your heart, without hope of heaven. You're going downwards toward hell as fast as your feet can carry you. There are some of you who have broken your poor mother's heart. Oh, if I could tell you what she has suffered for you when you have at night been indulging in your sin. Do you know what your guilt will be, you children of the kingdom, if you perish after a pious mother's prayers and tears have fallen upon you? I can conceive of no one entering hell with a worse grace than the man who goes there with drops of his mother's tears on his head and with his father's prayers following him at his heels. Some of you will inevitably endure this doom. Some of you young men and women shall wake up one day and find yourselves in outer darkness, while your parents shall be up there in heaven looking down upon you with upbraiding eyes, seeming to say, What? After all we did for you, all we said, are you come to this? Children of the kingdom, do not think that a pious mother can save you. Do not think because your father was a member of such and such a church that his godliness will save you. I can suppose someone standing at heaven's gate and demanding, let me in, let me in. What for? Because my mother is in there. Your mother had nothing to do with you. If she was holy, she was holy for herself. If she was evil, she was evil for herself. But my grandfather uh, prayed for me. That's of no use. Did you pray for yourself? No, no, I did not. Then grandfather's prayers and grandmother's prayers and father's and mother's prayers may be piled on the top of one another till they reach the stars, but they can never make a ladder for you to go to heaven by. You must seek God for yourself, or rather God must seek you. You must have vital experience of godliness in your heart, or else you are lost, even though all your friends were in heaven. Now, that was a dreadful dream which a pious mother once had and told to her children. She thought the judgment day was come, and the great books were opened, and they all stood before God. And Jesus Christ said, Separate the chaff from the wheat. Put the goats on the left hand and the sheep on the right. The mother dreamed that she and her children were standing just in the middle of the great assembly. And the angel came and said, I must take the mother. She is a sheep. She must go to the right hand. The children are goats. They must go on the left. And she thought as she went, her children clutched her and said, Mother, can we part? Mother, must we be separated? She then put her arms around them and seemed to say, My children, I, I would, if possible, take you with me. But in a moment the angel touched her. Her cheeks were dried, and now, overcoming natural affection, being rendered supernatural and sublime, resigned to God's will, she said, My children, I taught you well. I trained you up, and you forsook the ways of God. And now all I have to say is, Amen, to your condemnation. Thereupon they were snatched away, and she saw them in perpetual torment while she was in heaven. Young man, what will you think when the last day comes to hear Christ say, Depart, ye cursed, and there will be a voice just behind him saying, Amen. And as you inquire from whence came the voice, you will find it was your mother. 
Or, young woman, when you are cast away into outer darkness, what will you think to hear a voice say, Amen, and as you look, there sits your father, his lips still moving with a solemn curse. Ah, children of the kingdom, the penitent reprobates will enter heaven, many of them. Publicans and sinners will get there. Repenting drunkards and swearers will be saved, but many of the children of the kingdom will be cast out. Oh, to think that you who have been so well trained should be lost, while many of the worse will be saved. It will be the hell of hells for you to look up and see there poor Jack, the drunkard, lying in Abraham's bosom, while you, who have had a pious mother, are cast into hell simply because you would not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, but put his gospel from you and lived and died without it. That were the very sting of all, to see ourselves cast away when the chief of sinners finds salvation. Now listen to me a little while. I will not detain you long. While I undertake the doleful task of telling you what is to become of these children of the kingdom, Jesus Christ says they are to be cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. First notice They are to be cast out. They are not said to go, but when they come to heaven's gates, they are to be cast out. As soon as hypocrites arrive at the gates of heaven, justice will say, there he comes. There he comes. He spurned a father's prayers and mocked a mother's tears. He's forced his way downward against all the advantages mercy has supplied. And now, there he comes. Gabriel, take the man. And the angel, binding you hand and foot, holds you one single moment over the mouth of the chasm. He bids you look down, down, down. There is no bottom. And you hear coming up from the abyss sullen moans and hollow groans and shrieks of tortured ghosts. You quiver. Your bones melt like wax and your marrow quakes within you. Where is now your might? And where are your boasting and bragging? You shriek and cry, you beg for mercy, but the angel, with one tremendous grasp, seizes you fast and then hurls you down with the cry, Away! Away! And down you go to the pit that is bottomless, and you roll forever downward, 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 and there to find a resting place for the sole of your foot, you shall be cast out. And where are you to be cast to? You are to be cast into outer darkness. You are to be put in the place where there will be no hope. For by light in Scripture we understand hope. And you are to be put into outer darkness where there is no light, no hope. Is there a man here who has no hope? I cannot suppose such a person. One of you, perhaps, says, I am... Thirty pounds in debt, and and I shall be sold up by and by. But I have a hope that I may get a loan and, and so escape my difficulty. Another says, my business is ruined. But things may take a turn yet. I have hope, says another. I am in great distress, but I hope that God will provide for me. Another says, I am... Fifty pounds in debt. I am sorry for it, but I I will set these strong hands to work and do my best to get out of it. One of you thinks a friend is dying. 
but you have a hope that perhaps the fever may take a turn, that he may yet live. But in hell, there is no hope. They have not even the hope of dying, the hope of being annihilated. They are forever, forever, forever lost. On every chain in hell there is written forever. The fires there blaze out the words forever. Up above their heads they read forever. Their eyes are galled and their hearts are pained with the thought that it is forever. Oh, if I could tell you tonight that hell would one day be burned out and those who were lost might be saved. There would be a a jubilee in hell at the very thought of it, but it cannot be. It is forever they are cast into outer darkness. Oh, I want to get over this as quickly as I can, for who can bear to talk thus to his fellow creatures? What is it that the lost are doing? They are weeping and gnashing their teeth. Do you gnash your teeth now? You would not do it unless you were in pain and agony. Well, in hell there is always gnashing of teeth. And do you know why? There is one gnashing his teeth at his companion and mutters, I was led to hell by you. You led me astray. You taught me to drink the first time. And the other gnashes his teeth and says, What if I did? You made me worse than I should have been in after times. There's a child who looks at her mother and says, Mother, you trained me up to vice. And the mother gnashes her teeth at the child and says, I have no pity for you. You excelled me in it. You led me into deeper sin. Fathers gnash their teeth at their sons and sons at their fathers. And methinks, if there are any who will have to gnash their teeth more than others, it will be seducers when they see those whom they have led from the paths of virtue and hear them saying, Ah, we are glad you're in hell with us. You deserve it, for you led us here. Have any of you tonight upon your conscience the fact that you have led others to the pit? Oh, may sovereign grace forgive you. We've gone astray like lost sheep, said David. Now a lost sheep never goes astray alone if it's out of a flock. I lately read of a sheep that leaped over the parapet of a bridge and was followed by every one of the flock. So if one man goes astray, he leads others with him. Some of you will have to account for others' sins when you get to hell, as well as your own. Oh, what weeping and gnashing of teeth there will be in that pit. Now, shut the black book. Who wants to say any more about it? I've warned you solemnly. I've told you of the wrath to come. The evening darkens and the sun is setting. Ah, and the evenings darken with some of you. I can see gray-headed men here. Are your gray hairs a crown of glory or a fool's cap to you? Are you on the very verge of heaven, or are you tottering on the brink of your grave and sinking down to perdition? Let me warn you, gray-headed men, your evening is coming. O poor, tottering gray-head, will you take the last step into the pit? Let a young child step before you and beg you to consider. There is your staff. It is nothing of earth to rest upon. And now, ere you die, bethink yourself this night. Let seventy years of sin start up. Let the ghosts of your forgotten transgressions march before your eyes. 
What will you do with seventy wasted years to answer for, with seventy years of criminality to bring before God? God give you grace this night to repent and to put your trust in Jesus. And you middle-aged men are not safe. The evening lowers with you too. You may soon die. A few mornings ago I was roused early from my bed by the request that I would hasten to see a dying man. I hurried off with all speed to see the poor creature, but when I reached the house, he was dead, a corpse. As I stood in the room, I thought, Ah, that man little thought he should die so soon. There were his wife and children and friends. They little thought he should die, for he was hale and strong and hearty, but a few days before. None of you have a lease of your lives. If you have, where is it? Go and see if you have it anywhere in your chests at home. No, no, you don't. You, you may die tomorrow. Let me therefore warn you by the mercy of God. Let me speak to you as a brother may speak, for I love you. You know I do. I would press the matter home to your hearts. Oh, to be amongst the many who shall be accepted in Christ. How blessed that will be. And God has said that whosoever shall call on his name shall be saved. He casts out none that come unto him through Christ. And now you you youths and maidens, one word with you. Perhaps you think that religion is not for you. Well, let us be happy, you say. Let us be merry and joyous. How long, young man? How long? Till I'm twenty-one. Well, are you sure that you will live till then? Let me tell you one thing. If you do live till that time, if you have no heart for God now, you will have none then. Men do not get better if left alone. It is with them as with a garden. If you leave it alone and permit weeds to grow, you will not expect to find it better in six months, but worse. Ah, men talk as, as if they could repent when they like. It is the work of God to give us repentance. Some even say, I shall turn to God on such and such a day. Ah, if you felt aright, you would say, I must turn to God. I must run to God and ask him to give me repentance now, lest I should die before I have found Jesus Christ my Savior. Now one word in, in conclusion. I have told you of heaven and hell. What is the way then to escape from hell and to be found in heaven? I will not tell you my old tale again tonight. I recollect when I told it to you before, a good friend in the crowd said, Tell us something fresh, old fellow. Now, really, in, in preaching ten times a week, we cannot always say things fresh. You have heard John Gow, and, and you know he tells his tales over again. I have nothing but the old gospel. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There is nothing here of works. It does not say, He who is a good man shall be saved, but he who believes and is baptized. Well, what is it to believe? It is to put your trust entirely upon Jesus. Poor Peter once believed, and Jesus Christ said to him, Come on, Peter, walk to me on the water. Peter went stepping along on the tops of the wave without sinking. But when he looked at the waves, he began to tremble, and down he went. Now, poor sinner, Christ says, Come on, walk not in your sins, come to me. And if you do, he will give you power. If you believe on Christ, you'll be able to walk over your sins, to tread upon them and overcome them. I can remember the time when my sins first stared me in the face. I thought myself the most accursed of all men. 
I had not committed any very great open transgressions against God, but I remembered that I had been well-trained and tutored, and I thought my sins were thus greater than other people's. I cried to God to have mercy, but I feared that he would not pardon me. Month after month I cried to God, but he did not hear me, and I knew not what it was to be saved. Sometimes I was so weary of the world that I desired to die. But then I recollected that there was a worse world after this, and that it would be an ill matter to rush before my Maker unprepared. At times I wickedly thought God a most heartless tyrant because he did not answer my prayer. And then at others I thought, I deserve his displeasure. If he sends me to hell, he would be just. But I remember the hour when I stepped into a place of worship and I saw a tall, thin man step into the pulpit I've never seen him from that day, and probably never shall, till we meet in heaven. He opened the Bible and read with a feeble voice, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. Ah, thought I, I am one of the ends of the earth. And then, turning around and fixing his gaze on me, as if he knew me, the minister said, Look! 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 Why, I I thought I, I had a great deal to do. But I found it was only to look. I thought I had a garment to spin out for myself, but I found that if I looked, Christ would give me a, a garment. Look, sinner. That is to be saved. Look, To him, all ye ends of the earth be saved. This is what the Jews did when Moses held up the brazen serpent. He said, Look, and they looked. The serpents might be twisting around them and they might be nearly dead, but they simply looked. And the moment they looked, the serpents dropped off and they were healed. Look to Jesus, sinner. None but Jesus can do helpless sinners good. There is a hymn we often sing, but which I do not think is quite right. It says, venture on him, venture holy, let no other trust intrude. Now, it is no venture to trust in Christ, not in the least. He who trusts in Christ is quite secure. I recollect that when dear John Hyatt was dying, Matthew Wilkes said to him in his usual tone, Well, John, could you trust your soul in the hands of Jesus Christ now? Yes, he said, a million, a million souls. I am sure that every Christian who has ever trusted in Christ can say amen to that. Trust in him. He will never deceive you. My blessed master will never cast you away. I cannot speak much longer. And I have only to to thank you for your kindness. I never saw so large a number so still and quiet. I really think, after all the hard things that have been said, that the English people know who loves them, and that they will stand by the man who stands by them. I thank every one of you, and above all I beg you, if there be reason or sense in what I have said, bethink yourselves of what you are, and may the blessed Spirit reveal to you your state. May he show you that you are dead, and that you are lost, ruined, May he make you feel what a dreadful thing it would be to sink into hell. May he point you to heaven. May he take you as the angel did of old and put his hand upon you and say, Flee, 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 
Look to the mountain. Look not behind thee. Stay not in all the plain. And may we all meet in heaven at last. And there we shall be happy forever. Amen. That's from the Metropolitan Tabernacle Pulpit, C.H. Spurgeon Collection. And as I said, a collection by Perry Boardman. And if you want to access this whole series of messages, just go online to SpurgeonGems.com. Well, this is the Hackberry House of Chosun, and this audio is being released on January 23, 2023. Lord willing, we'll talk again real soon. Bye-bye.